This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello there. It's Jeremy Myers, and you are listening to the One Verse Podcast. The following episode is an excerpt taken from one of the lessons in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. In case you aren't aware of it, I have an online discipleship group, and one of the main things I do in this discipleship group is teach online courses. I think there's about 10 courses available now for people in the discipleship group, and one of them, one of these courses, is The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel, When it's all said and done, there might be a few additional words as well, and contains, I don't know, so far, about 100 hours of teaching, and I'm only about halfway through. So um, uh, this this podcast episode is an excerpt from one, just one of the lessons in that dictionary course. Now, if you want to take that course, you have to be part of the discipleship group, and you can do that by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Learn uh, more there and uh, join up there. So I, I look forward to, to seeing you there inside the discipleship group and uh, taking this course. Uh, this course will eventually become a book, probably several books, uh, but that's several years away from the time of me recording this. I got to finish the course itself and then edit and process. And So anyway, uh, if, if you're anxious, though, to read everything and get access to everything, the only way to do that is inside the Discipleship Group, okay? They have PDF downloads, MP3 downloads, and you can uh, interact with me there as well about the content of these lessons. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it, telling other people about it as well. That's how uh, word spreads about this. If you find the content of these podcasts helpful, Uh, and you're sharing it with others. Thank you so, so much. All right, with all of that in mind, let's get into the content of today's podcast study. Let's turn then to the Gospel of John, and we're looking at John 15, verses 1 through 8. And let me just read a few of these verses for you. John 15, 1-8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered. And they gather them, and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So, you will be my disciples. Okay, this passage 
has caused so much problems in the church. This imagery of the vine and the branches has caused many to believe and teach that any Christian who does not have good works in their life is going to end up burning forever in hell. But it proves that they're not really a Christian, even if they claim to be, right? They weren't really a Christian in the first place, or they lost their eternal life and ended up in hell, or something like that. And the application of the text is is based on a misunderstanding of four key terms in this passage. Again, as with many passages in Scripture, there are multiple key terms, which if you understand all of them, then you will properly understand the text. But if you understand any one or two or three or four of them, then you will misunderstand the text. So uh, that's the case here. And here there are four key terms you need to understand. I do cover all four elsewhere in this gospel dictionary. The four terms are abide, disciple, fire, and fruit. And you need to understand the meaning of all four if you are going to properly understand John 15, 1-8. Now, if you're, uh, if you're taking the online Gospel Dictionary course, the Gospel Dictionary online course, then uh, all four lessons on uh, those words, Abide, Disciple, Fire, and Fruit, are available, and you can go listen to them now or read the manuscripts and, and, uh, and get the meaning then. But if you don't have access or whatever, you're not around uh, for, for taking those, then let me just briefly describe or define all four here uh, for you. All right, the term abide uh, is a term of fellowship and intimacy. It's not, it's not the same as having eternal life, the way a lot of people think it is. It means hanging out with Jesus. So when you abide with someone, it means you're living with them. You are remaining with them. You are hanging out with them. You're spending time with them. And this sort of uh, connectedness, fellowship, it's not automatic in the life of the believer. Uh, look, it's possible, isn't it, in real life, in our life, to be related to someone, but not be in fellowship with them, do not abide with them, do not remain with them, do not hang out with them very often. It might be a parent or a child. Clearly, you are related to that person forever, and nothing can do away with that, erase that, take care of that, get rid of it. Okay? You are, it is a done fact in history that you are related to them, but maybe you haven't spoken to them in years. Maybe they disowned you. Maybe you haven't even seen them in years. So you are related to them, but you are not remaining or abiding. You are not in fellowship with them. And Jesus is saying here that the key to bearing fruit with him is to remain with him. Look, we are related to God when we become part of his family. When we believe in Jesus for eternal life, we are born again. And it's now a done deal. It is a historical fact that we are part of the family of God and nothing can get rid of that relationship, can do away with it. However, that doesn't mean that we will always be in fellowship with God or in fellowship with Jesus. Uh, We must abide, remain, spend time with, hang out with, walk with Jesus if we are to abide with him. And abiding with Jesus is a key element, a key ingredient to being a good and successful disciple of Jesus. Let's look at this word disciple then. Lots of people think that a disciple is equivalent to the word believer. 
Lots of people think that if you are a believer in Jesus, that means you are also a disciple of Jesus. But that's not true. You look at the word disciple in Scripture, and a disciple is sort of an additional step for those who believe in Jesus. In fact, it's also possible to be a disciple of Jesus and not believe in Jesus. You look at the ministry of Jesus, there are many who followed Jesus, listened to Jesus, and they were his disciples, but they never believed in him. Okay, so a disciple is a student, a pupil, a follower, someone who listens to and obeys the teachings and instructions of Jesus. Believing in Jesus is something different. Ideally, we're supposed to believe in Jesus for eternal life and also follow Jesus as his disciple, uh, as, as, as one of his students, as an apprentice, sort of. Okay, uh, But it is entirely possible to be a disciple and not be a believer. And it's also possible to be a believer and not be a disciple. So here in the context, Jesus is talking about how to be a disciple. And it requires us to abide, remain with Jesus, walk with him, listen to him, hang out with him. In the context here of John 15, Judas has left already, by the way. And so Jesus is telling the 11 remaining disciples, all of whom have believed in him, so they are believers and disciples. He's saying, look, I'm going to go away. That's what he's talking about in the context. But that doesn't mean you are no longer my disciples. Here is how you can can continue to be my disciple, even though I am going away, even after I leave. Jesus not only wants them to continue on as his disciples, but to be fruitful and successful as disciples. And he says, abiding, remaining in close fellowship with him. And he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit because that's key. Uh, Abiding, remaining in close fellowship with Jesus is key to successful discipleship. Now, not all disciples are successful, correct? Some fail. Some turn away. Some disciples follow for a time and then they stop. This failure in discipleship says nothing one way or the other, about whether or not a person has eternal life. How do you receive eternal life? You receive eternal life by believing in Jesus for it. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts, no fine print. Okay? Uh, that's how you receive eternal life. Notice that discipleship, following Jesus, obeying Jesus, committing your life to Jesus, listening to Jesus, loving Jesus, none of those are requirements for gaining eternal life, keeping eternal life, or proving that you have eternal life. Discipleship is completely different. And Jesus calls all believers to be his disciples, and some are successful, some are not. Now, if you fail at being a disciple, there are negative consequences to that. You don't lose your eternal life. That's a done deal. It's a fact. It's a historical fact that cannot be changed once you have eternal life. If, it, if you could lose your eternal life, everlasting life, then it has the wrong name. Okay, But you can turn away from being a disciple. You can fall away from being a disciple. And if you do that, there are numerous negative consequences for failing to follow Jesus, for failing to be a disciple, for turning, putting your hand to the plow and turning back. In the context here, 
In John 15, Jesus says that those disciples who fail to abide in him, who fail to walk with him, remain with him, who fail to produce fruit, Jesus is going to do everything he can. He's going to prune the branches, lift them up. He's going to do everything he can to help us produce fruit, to help us be successful. But he says, if you fail, if you separate yourself from the vine as a branch, you're not going to be producing fruit. And instead, you will be thrown into the fire and burns. This is the third term that is important to understand, is a concept of fire. And I've written a book on this, on hell, but it's also in the Gospel Dictionary, online course, this uh, entry on fire. And basically, once again, this reference to fire is not a reference to eternal punishment in the flames of hell. It refers instead to temporal discipline in this life. Those disciples who turn away, who separate themselves from the vine, who do not abide with Jesus, they will experience fire. Their life will be full of emptiness, ashes, vain pursuits, all their dreams and aspirations and goals. They will amount to nothing except a heap of ash to be blown away by the wind. It's a very serious warning. You're not going to lose eternal life, but you might lose a lot of other things. Jesus is saying the only way to be truly successful in this life is to follow him, remain, abide in close fellowship with him, keep attached to the vine, accept his discipline of pruning so that you can bear much fruit. So with, this, with the terms abide and disciple and fire all understood in context, that helps us better understand the term fruit. Here in John 15, Jesus, with the word fruit, Jesus is referring to the good works that his disciples will produce when they remain, abide in fellowship with him. Now, in reality, Jesus is going to be producing those good works in and through his disciples. It's the vine that produces the fruit in the branches, not the branches themselves. The branches can only produce fruit as they remain connected to the vine. By themselves, the disciples can do nothing. Jesus is talking about that. Uh, but here in this context, the good fruit is referring to good works that a believer, I'm sorry, that a disciple produces. Uh, many, many other passages, especially all over the place in Matthew, good fruit refers to good words, not to good works. The good fruit refers to what a person says, not to what a person does. But here, uh, in the context, it is pretty clear the good fruit is good works. Now, this doesn't mean the good works will be evident to other people. But some good works may be tainted with invisible sins of pride and arrogance, right? Lots of times people do things, good things, only because others are watching, only because the cameras are on, the spotlight's on, and there's a crowd of people looking on. If there's not those things, then they don't do the good things. Uh, similarly, there's many good works that people do when nobody's watching. When, just because it's the right thing to do, because they are men and women of integrity and honesty. And, and, and so uh, Jesus is not saying that you can look at a person's life necessarily to determine whether they are a good and faithful disciple. You definitely can't look at a person's life to determine whether or not they have eternal life. Good works never indicate, never indicate whether or not a person has eternal life. But Jesus is saying that if a person is his disciple and they remain, they abide as his disciple, then yes, uh, probably these good works will be evident over time. 
um, as God changes their inner character. But we should be very, very careful about trying to determine uh, someone's uh, you know, level of discipleship, whatever, based on the amount of good works that their life is producing. Good works, the fruit of good works takes time, and sometimes uh, God, uh, by the Holy Spirit, works at different places in a person's life that might not be evident to all. Sometimes it's below, beneath the surface where a lot of the, the greatest work is being done. Okay, So, while the good fruit of John 15, it does refer to good works, you know, positive character qualities of disciples. Once again, there is no instruction here, anywhere in the context, where Jesus is telling Christians to become fruit inspectors in the lives of other people. We're not supposed to try to look at good works in the lives of other people to determine whether or not they have eternal life. We can never do that. Not even God does that. But we're also not supposed to look at the good fruits in the lives of other people's try to determine whether or not they're good disciples. Right? We don't see everything that God sees. We do not see the heart. We do not see everything going on beneath the surface. We do not see whether the good things we do see are actually done for selfish and arrogant reasons. We don't see any of that. And so we need to leave all such judgment up to God. But Jesus is saying that if you and I want to be a good disciple, a faithful disciple, successful disciple of his, then we should abide with him, remain with him, follow his teachings, instructions, and commands, and do what he does. That is the teaching of John 15, 1 through 8. So that's going to do it for today's podcast study. I hope you found this study helpful and beneficial in not only understanding a key word about the gospel related to the gospel in Scripture, uh, but also help bringing you greater and deeper understanding of a particular Bible verse uh, from Scripture. And of course, it's not just about gaining knowledge of the Scripture, but also applying it to our lives so that we can live in light of the gospel with God and with others, and also bringing this light to the world. Just as a reminder, this podcast study was an excerpt from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the gospel and hundreds and hundreds of Bible passages about the, the gospel. And uh, it is available. The only way to take this course is by joining my online discipleship group. You can learn more and join by visiting redeeminggod.com slash join. You not only get access to this online course, the Gospel Dictionary, but all of my other courses as well. We're thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of hours of teaching, and I'm adding more all the time. So anyway, if you would like to learn in this format through audio, uh, you can join there. There's PDF downloads, book downloads, free eBooks, even get access to my private Facebook group. You can contact me by email and so many other benefits as well. Uh, just by joining up, I'm going to send you a free audio book on prayer. So anyway, to learn more and join me there, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.